Biggie. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Biggie. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, excuse me, welcome back to the Hot Take Hot Box. My name is Matt McSweeney, joining you fresh off of a Sixers horrific weekend and a horrific turn of events as momentum was so high after that Grizzly game where you finally, part of you wanted to believe maybe this year could be a little bit different. Maybe this team is not that team of years past that just folds up like a house of cards every time the going gets tough. But unfortunately, it looks like that is this team when that is the nature of this season. And uh, I'm here with Ty Capone. Ty, how are you feeling? Uh, I guess I should just kind of let everyone know. The Sixers have lost two in a row. Miami and the Celtics, both teams that it's possible you could see both of them in the playoffs. But I guess, Ty, how are you feeling overall uh, despite the Sixers' uh, performances recently? Um, Not great. <clears throat> not great. It's funny because the Sixers all year, it seems like I think they have the best uh, against the spread. They have the best like cover percentage in the NBA, I believe, um, especially at home. 22-1, 22-11 against the spread at home, 24-9 straight up. Um. And then you play the uh, uh, a Heat team that is bad on the road. They are like they are one of the worst teams in the in the league on the road. And to lose uh, the way they did, even and losing the way they did against Boston, like I I bet on Boston and I thought they were going to win the whole time. But man, giving up a fucking seventeen was it seventeen fifteen twenty point lead, yeah. And then just losing the way you lose. Um, I mean, fuck the the Embiid shot was you know would have been one of the best shots one of the best game winners in recent memory, you know, the fact they just heaved that bitch like it was nothing <laughs> and it just all net, but a little too late, a little too late. Uh, and then the heat game, he played good. He played well. James Harden didn't. And Tobias Harris took two points in 35 minutes. Yeah, man, that's um, uh, where the big problem lies. I would say, uh, Maxi plays well and then fouls out. It's, 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 it seems like it's always something. And I know they've had a good year and I feel like this is uh one of the better teams in recent memories, besides probably the Butler team that lost to the Raptors. Yeah. Um, but I, don't, I just don't know. I don't think, you know, seeing Isaiah Joe become the best shooter in the NBA hurts. And then seeing Paul Reed be just an absolute useless player, it hurts. It hurts. It makes me really just wonder what the team sees in Doc Rivers because I don't think he's really has any kind of impact. He, I mean, he doesn't no call timeouts yeah. when teams go on runs. What's the difference between him and Brett Brown? People like Brett Brown. Nobody likes Doc Rivers. I mean, Blake Griffin, the corpse of Blake Griffin, wearing number like ninety-one because they didn't know what to give him, hit like six threes and started laughing post-game. I think it was like a month or two ago about Doc Rivers. Yeah, and it, people are just laughing at us. Like, <laughs> it's just it's it's getting to a point where we need to, we need to just get rid of him. Like, you know, there's there's rumors about James Harden going back to Houston after this year or something like that. Like. You know, our window is not large with Embiid. We're wasting all of his prime. You know, we've already had some pretty bad luck with him and with the teams that we've had recently. So uh, we got to try to capitalize. And this is a big year. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I don't know what, we don't have like flexibility. I mean, maybe once we get off of Tobias, but we still have PJ Tucker, who's making a, bu- a bunch of money for no reason. Um, I don't, yeah, I, I don't want to look ahead to the future because I think they're, you know, the East isn't, um, I don't know. I think good. we, I think we're, I think we're a solid team, but the, it, like, there's nobody besides Boston and Milwaukee that I really fear. That's, but the problem is, I, those are two fucking powerhouses, you know. And more than likely, go the, you're gonna have to beat both of them to go to the uh, finals. Yeah, and I, I don't think we can beat either of them. Exactly. Uh, I mean, Milwaukee's won 14 in a row. Uh, we're losing at home to the Heat, you know, and the Heat, you know, they, they play us well pretty much all the time, but. Um, they haven't been playing great basketball lately. The Heat are in the, the play-in right now. Yeah, that's all that needs to be said. Basically, I mean, it, yeah, like you said, for as good of a as they play us, I mean, apparently they don't play all these other teams very well because they're thirty-three <laughs> and twenty-nine. So, yeah, and you know, we're so good at home. We're coming off, we you know, beat the Grizzlies. Uh, we did lose to the Celtics, but it's fine. Uh, got a day off, and then we just laid an egg against the uh, against the Heatles. Uh, Kevin Love was out there hitting a couple threes. Jimmy Butler torment, tormenting us as always. Bam yep. out of bio playing good defense. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know. I still don't think I can trust this team to win a seven game series, one seven game series, let alone multiple. Yeah. And Bede's still talking about his foot. Uh, you know, you just saw what happened with LeBron and his foot. I, I don't understand. I, I get so frustrated when he starts doing that shit, talking about his yeah. foot and all that stuff, because it's just like, then why were you playing in the All Star game? Why, like, why, then why are you even playing in these games? They don't, like, uh, there was. So he did play in the All Star game? Yeah. Exactly. It's right? funny because before he said, you know, I, I, I need to rest. I can't play. That's so funny. Yeah, because he's an egomaniac. That's so funny. And he, he won't let, like, a, a big spectacle like that go by without him hopping in there. And it's like, well, for whatever, you know, it seems to me like a lot of times with Joel, these injuries become like loser limp sort of things where it's like it only hurts when, when the team loses. I mean, yeah. he just had 41 against Boston the other night, you know, was was absolutely electric. And then last night, I mean, he wasn't great, but he wasn't bad, you know. The Grizzly yeah. game, as well, as bad as he played, I thought that was one of his better games just because he was so locked in defensively and was just making an impact yeah. wherever he could, you know. So The end, the end block on Jaw, that was insane. Awesome, awesome. It, it was great. It was incredible to watch. It was great theater, everything about it. It was like, you, you know, that's, that's, that's like I, I think I tweeted that out. Like, it's just what Sixers basketball is supposed to be like. It's, it's supposed to be fun like that. And yeah. I feel like now that this team has a certain amount of like expectations or you know things that we're not, we expect this team to make the playoffs. We expect them to win a playoff series. Now it's like the fun has, in some ways, been zapped out of it because because of those expectations. So now it's just more of this waiting for the other ball to drop, and, and we're just like, there's no way. There's I just have no faith in these guys at all. They and no. and honestly. We have no reason to have any faith. Every single season is the same shit, same same cast, different cast. Uh, you mix you mix the, the the room up a little bit, and it's still the same result. Because at the end of the day, for the most part, Joel hasn't played well in these playoff series, and not just him, his counterpart has not played well in these playoff series. Okay, whether it be Ben Simmons or it be you know James Harden in, in last year's uh, Heat series. Yep. They have not played well, and they have let those opportunities slip through their fingers time and time again. So this time around, it's good. James Harden's going to need to play well. He's going to need to make that that shot that he missed against Miami. He's going to need to be aggressive. He's going to need to just play better than he's played pretty much all season long. And that's just you know how are we going to? I mean, he hasn't played bad. Let me let me let me go out and say that. But it's you need more. You really, you really just need more. You need more offense from him. He can't be this, you know, sixteen points, twelve assists, uh, you know, four of of fifteen from the field. That can't be the 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 yeah. way that this goes. I mean, obviously, if we win, we win. But the, you're putting too much pressure, and I'm, and I'm really pretty much done going into, uh, you know, getting upset or going in depth on Tobias Harris. I mean, that guy is a stiff. He 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 has been a stiff for some time. He can talk all the shit he wants, says he's a sharpshooter or whatnot. He's he's just not. He's not. He's not. I think what it comes down to with two of these guys, Maxi and Harris, is they're not comfortable in their role here. Uh, Maxi definitely isn't. I, I just the thing with Maxi is I think Maxi gets uh, overvalued a little bit too much. I don't want to say he's overrated because he's a very good player, but I think that people think he's something that he's not. I really just think Maxi is a scorer. He's not a point guard. He's not really someone that you want running your offense or have the ball in his hands a ton. But when you throw the ball to him, he can get a bucket. And that that like I feel like they kind of try to they zap that out of him because both the other guys on his team are black holes with with the basketball. James Harden brings the ball and wastes 15 seconds on the shot clock pretty much every time he's playing point guard, yeah. so that it kills all of their offensive possessions and limits them to basically just one rushed shot whether that be Joel catching it at the three-point line or him rushing in and trying to you know get a foul call going down going downhill it's just Harris doesn't really get the ball that much he's basically turned into a stand and shoot you know catch and shoot sort of guy and he's really not that he's not comfortable he hasn't really shown success in doing that and with Maxi, it's just he doesn't get the ball enough to really make stuff happen and I just feel like he he doesn't like Doc. I just based off his body language when he's out there, he gets 
so like angry at, at their, all of his teammates and just like him and Doc going back and forth, getting upset at each other. It's just I don't get any good feelings watching this team. I don't know. I I agree. I, I I'm glad you said the part about Maxi because I like Maxi a lot. I think we got him at a fucking great spot in the draft. So many, uh, not even close to uh, his level of player, uh, went ahead of him. And you know, it, it, it's one of those prototypical John Calipari choke job. He did the same thing with Devin Booker. Um, he's done it with multiple guys that transfer out, and Maxi was another one. And he's getting he's he, you know he's still getting better. But like how much better like we've, we've talked about this before. How much better can he get? You know he's small. He's he's not a great athlete. His sh- he, he he can shoot a little bit. Um, he he can shoot a lot. He, he's he's come a long way with the shot. I'll say that. Um, still though, getting getting to his spot and getting a shot off. You know he. I don't know if he's really a tough shot maker. Getting a good uh, shot like, too. He likes to take bad shots from time to time. He like. seems yeah. He he seems like a more of a a microwave. More than a yeah. shot creator. I don't know if that really makes sense. Um, he reminds me of Lou Williams. I say it all the time. Like he's just kind of like a yeah, like a spark plug much sort of guy. Yeah, like he doesn't. I don't. So, I, I feel like it's disrespectful, but it, I mean, I guess he no, could. I, I just don't know how. Like you just said, how much better can he get? What are we expecting him to? That's when I was like, when people were like, "We're not. I'm not trading him for Kevin Durant." I'm like, "Are you guys fucking <laughs> high?" Like, yeah, uh, I don't know. And people saying no. that we ruined him is also, I think, a little bit insane. I don't think we're helping him necessarily, but you can't really have him in the starting lineup with with the way this team's constructed. It's a very odd. Um, it's a very odd team. I've said this for so. We've always had like oddly built teams. Like we, le- I think we're fourth in the league in, in three point percentage. And honestly, sometimes you wouldn't you wouldn't even guess we were that high shooting shooting the ball. You know, especially when Embiid's. On the perimeter, taking five shots, six threes, uh, and just bricking them all. And you're like, "What are you doing? What are you doing out there, bro? You know, you have a, a guard on you." So, and 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 beats Teflon too, you know. And I I, I kind of get it to a degree, but you know, all these fans, I it's just it's, it's 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 always you know somebody else, somebody else. Um, I do think this team doesn't need an overhaul, just a, an a, I don't know a retooling, you know. I think we need to get off of that Tobias contract. I think we need to somehow. I guess the PJ Tucker. We ain't getting off PJ Tucker, and he can play some defense and be a vet. So I'll, I'll bite the bullet with that one. You know, he's done um, exactly think, what they wanted him to do, and that, which is fine. Yeah, that's fine. Exactly. I, I wish he would. You know, <laughs> take at least hit a couple more shots, take a couple more threes, but whatever. I don't know. Either way, I think they need to do something different. And I think getting Jaden McDaniels was a pretty decent start in that direction, but that's not enough. You know, like Boston's rolling out guys that are like their second and third units, and they're just clicking. They lost their coach. They, you know, they beat us without, uh, I don't know if they beat us, not in the recent game, uh, a couple games ago, matchups ago, when they didn't have, yeah, they did beat us, right? Without Horford and Smart and Robert Williams. Yeah, and Jalen Brown was out of halftime. And then, yep, new coach, doesn't matter. Different players doesn't matter. I mean, you got fucking Derek White dropping thirty on us. You got Sam Hauser. Sam Hauser, shout out. Um, yeah, I, I don't think. We, I, and if we play the Bucks, I just I, I don't. You know, maybe it goes to five or six. We but. match up with them better, I think, than the Celtics, just based off the yeah. fact that Giannis and Joel can like Joel can kind of keep Giannis a little bit at you know like it's a good matchup based off the fact that Giannis really can't shoot the three. If Giannis is making the three, then I'm <laughs> worse smoked. Basically, but yeah. at least he's able to play that drop pick and roll coverage and kind of just you know keep Giannis out at the perimeter. And when he drives, he's allowed you know he can at least body him up. And he's the yeah, only guy that in true. the league that can pretty much do it. Other than that, I mean, we really can't do anything about Drew. Uh, if Middleton's cooking, like the, the the thing about it though, you kind of just labeled it out. These teams are much deeper than us. Deep, deep. deep. I mean, you Connaughton know, off the bench, Grayson Allen, Jay Crowder, Javon Carter, guys that you you know can count on. Y- you don't they, even think about. Yes, but I th- didn't they just sign Myers Leonard too? <laughs> I'm sure. You know, shout out to the you know, him. <laughs> who, know, <laughs> who knows what he's gonna do? But yeah. keep him off know, Twitch. Brooke Lopez, yeah. <laughs> Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis have I played really well for them. Brooke Port, uh, Brooke Portis, Brooke Lopez the other day had like six threes at half, and I, you know, if he's doing that, I don't know. We're gonna have to ask Joel to do a lot more than he can do. And it's unfair, especially if he's got a nagging foot injury, which I'm sh- – listen, by 
by the playoffs, I'm sure there's going to be times when he's limping and he, he's on the ground. And oh, I'm sure. He's holding his back and he's holding his leg and you're like, great. So now we have a 50% Embiid and James Harden is falling asleep on defense and Grayson Allen is 30. You know, how, how do we get here? I w- <laughs> if we play them, that is, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked. So if the season ended today, we'd play the Knicks, I believe, in the first round. Uh, I and they, they they play us kind of tough. Like I think we're better than them, and you know, Julius Randle, shout out to him. He's, now we he's would, got so technically much we would play Brooklyn since I think the Knicks won last night. So we, we would just play, beat us recently. Yeah, we, we would play Brooklyn, uh, which you know I don't think that they're going to be there for that much. Long. I think they're going to sink like a lead balloon and get out of there. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it might wind up being Miami in that first round. That's a nightmare matchup in the first round for us. I, I'd say uh, I'd much like, rather I play the at Knicks all these teams. or something like that. I look at all these teams and I'm like, you know what? I think we're better than Cleveland, New York, Brooklyn, Miami, Atlanta, Toronto. But honestly, <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm scared, but like I would be very hesitant to pick us over like in a confident way against any of them. You know, Miami is the one that where I'm like, that is that is big time trouble. Which is which it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It definitely not, shouldn't be. But that's just kind of how it is, right? I mean, no, for sure, Butler, you know, seems to turn up against us. Um, even when Bam doesn't play well, it, he doesn't really seem to do well offensively, but he does well defensively. He does his job. He passes. He can he can do a bunch of stuff. And then um, Gabe Vincent, I think, in the first quarter had like 15. And I'm like, what, what's going on here? It seems like every time the Sixers play somebody, they have a some kind of guard, uh, whether it be a, a one or a two or a wing that just torches us, torches us. Yeah. And that really gives me a lot of concern. Match up with Doc in the playoffs. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't have much confidence whatsoever but hopefully I'm very, we can end the season well and at least get in some kind of rhythm but uh, I don't know I'm very confident Doc will get out coached in any sort of playoff scenario or situation that we're involved in I mean Joe Mazzulla will out coach him Mike Budenholzer will out coach him Eric yeah. Spolster for sure we've seen it will out coach him so I just I really I would love to believe that this is going to be different I just don't see how it is unless like Joel has these out of body experiences in the playoffs, which it's really tough because these teams just double team them, and they make these other guys make shots. Now, if guys like DeAnthony Melton would make shots, I mean, basically, you can't win games when Tobias Harris is scoring two points a game. That's, I mean, that's a lot of it. I mean, he came out in that Boston game the other night and he had like 15 in the first quarter or something. Like he was cooking in the first quarter, and it was like, oh, okay, like this is the kind of Toby we need, like aggressive, like. I don't know if all these guys, like, I don't know if people are bitching and complaining about not getting the ball or people shooting too much and they're all just scared to shoot other than Joel and James, but it's like, you got to do your thing, man. You can't, you can't play scared. You can't be worried about, oh, I shouldn't shoot it here. Oh, like, you know, I, I, yeah. I might miss it. It's like, you got to just let it fly. And it doesn't seem like we let it fly that often. We kind of play to not lose. And that ends up making us lose because these other teams, they, they, I feel like we just we come out slow, and it's just we're not a real, we're not a real championship basketball team. We're no, really not. There's no, there's no reason to ever think we blow leads. Um, we fall. We 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 are consistently lazy in multiple facets of the game, whether it be rebounding. Uh, just we had I think ten turnovers in the first quarter against the Heat or the first half, um, and we were only down eight. And it was like the craziest thing ever. Like I'm like, I think it was fifty eight fifty, and I'm watching the game, and I'm like, how are we now? How, how are we not down twenty five? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it happens. It happens way too much for a team that's supposed to have championship aspirations. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I need to see it. You know, I'm I'm done. I, I don't want to be the negative Nancy Sixers fan. It's like, oh, why are our team's forty and twenty one? What What are you upset about? Well, I'm upset that when we play the top dogs, we we, get we look like guys that we, we we look like a team full of rookies that have never been under the spotlight. Like James Harden's been around, J- Joe Embiid now has been around, uh, PJ Tucker has been been around. Like there shouldn't be any more uh, Doc Rivers. I mean, the guy's been coaching championship teams forever, um, stack teams. He's been coaching forever. He's been to so many playoff series. I don't understand how we, you know, maybe we turn up in the playoffs for you know a change. Usually we uh we we fall off. Maybe we turn up this year. Who knows? Yeah, and it's just like what. Well, when does that happen, right? When do, yeah. when does a team do that where they kind of just whoa here you know they they've 
become a, a, like I guess the Heat do that sometimes, but they are a team that has done it in the playoffs. So you're like, well, they are a different team in the playoffs. We've seen it before. The Sixers have shown us that they just kind of again they continue their lazy habits, their non-aggressive, uh, anti-offensive habits, and they just let dumb shit happen, and that allows them to you know, take L's. Like last year, they let P.J. Tucker grab every board that he possibly wanted to, letting people cut back door behind you when you're James Harden just standing there on the baseline. Everyone being scared in that game six, that's that's what losing teams do. When, yep. they, when they lose, uh, uh, when they go back to Miami after winning two straight and they get their fucking doors blown off in, in a game five, and then they come home and they just play like, they come out of the second half like, mm, I think we're good on this season, and they just get out of there. Uh, that that's the makeup of this team, and it starts at the top. It starts at Joel, and I think it's been. Uh, and I really hate to do this, but it really that that this is how I feel. That he is somewhat of the reason why this continues to happen. And it's not only his play on the on the on the on the floor because that play is undeniable. How good it's been for the last four you know three four years. He has been at the very yeah. top of his game. But it just seems like there's a lack of accountability and just no one really taking ownership of what's going on uh, during these games. I mean, last year I was watching Shake Milton run the offense in the, in the fourth quarter of, of an elimination game because no everyone else was scared to have the ball. They were all just standing around. I, I, you know, I don't know. I, it just For a team that it seems like we have good size, right? It seems like we have big, we're, we're somewhat big. Even our, our guards... Our smaller guys kind of play bigger, you know. PJ Tucker, uh, McDaniel's is skinny, but he's he's long. We are, and I know he just got him. We are twenty six in the league in offensive rebound percentage, and eighteenth in defensive rebound percentage. So we don't rebound well. We have we are up there in turnovers. We play a very slow pace. It, it, it seems like we don't have an identity, but it's weird because we're a top ten offensive rating, top ten defensive rating, uh, top five shooting uh, shooting team. Um, uh, I think top ten in assist assist percentage, and even maybe close to assist to turnovers. Like we we seem like we're good, you know. But then you dig deeper, you watch, you watch, and then especially in in certain games against certain teams, they don't look that doesn't look like a top five, top ten team in anything. No, you know, in the clut in the pressure situation, uh, does Doc Rivers draw up like no, like like do you trust him to draw up anything out Ooh. of timeout? Not at no all. shot. And that's what Mike Budenholzer has done like his whole career. He's so good after the timeout. And Celtics guys, it seems like whoever the coach is, doesn't matter who, uh, their system and their just overall structure of their organization is just smart. They do smart things, and we do not. And I think that's what separates us from the Celtics, sadly. Which is, I, I hate to say that. No, you know, it's it, we could have had Tatum, and we made trades with them, and and and. We play them and they eliminate us all the time and they beat us all the time. And no matter if we're hot and they're cold, it doesn't matter ever. Yeah, they just take care of business. And it's like, then that Boston game, then, you know, it comes down to the very end and Tatum has melting on him. Of course. You know, he's got a guy who's like three inches smaller than him, four inches smaller than him, and he just pulls up right in his face because. Shakes him. Just really, doesn't even matter. Yeah, really, what can you do? You know, it's. Hardly hit. If the. If the <laughs> That's one of those shots that could have like not even hit net. It was just perfect. Yeah, you knew just, you knew it was going to happen as soon as that. Stop that on when, a dime. when that timeout yeah. was called, you're like, okay, like, this yeah, is a bucket. This is a fucking. <laughs> Hopefully bucket. they score and they give us like five seconds. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I hope you know, hope we can get some time here, but no, not That's at all. Not it. And we almost did. So we almost won it. I mean, or, uh, it's tired. crazy, and it's just. Or was it won it? Like I say to you know the people, anyone I talk to the Sixers about. It should. It, the good teams don't let it come down to this stuff. That's where we. That's where we're missing here because we we continually allow some of these games to get way too close. The Brooklyn game, the Cleveland game, which we were up by twenty five, and we let Cleveland get right back into the game. Like w- good teams don't do that, and we continually <laughs> allow these teams to hang around. And even this, but the Boston game, it should not have been close. We should have blown them out. They, they, you know, maybe they make it close at the end, but we still should have been able to take care of business. We weren't. And, Grizzlies know. game, I, I, I don't want to, you know, kind of find the negatives in every single aspect. They did win and they did cover whole the whole game. They were they they were not covering. No, and that was a good spot. All of the action was on the Sixers. 
the Grizzlies just weren't looking like a good team. Steven Adams didn't play. Um, everybody was on the Sixers spread. Yeah. And for a good part of that game, it was it was back and forth. It was just looking dicey. I don't know. I think we've we've uh, laid out our concerns and <laughs> we voice our frustrations. But way, way too much. For let me finish for, it. For this team. Let me finish it by saying I am rooting for them. Like, the, make no mistake <laughs> about it. You know, like I know yeah, that we, that, do. we are fans. Yeah, bro. like I am a fan, but I I'm just a fan who's watched them every single night for the last. I mean, my whole life. You know, even when they were bad, I was yeah. watching them every night. And I see for like two bucks. Exactly. I've seen this team, and I've seen these other teams play, and I watch the the national games, and I'm like, oh yeah, like we we just. It's not that we're even that far off, but it's more of a thing where it's like I don't even think we could get like fix the thing that's wrong with us. It's like an intangible yeah. thing. It's just like this like a culture yeah. thing that we just there's something off with us as opposed to these other teams where we just don't take it as serious as these other teams it seems like. These other teams are more businesslike and they just they know what needs to be done every night to win a basketball game. And it seems like we kind of some some nights we just forget how to play, and we just you know we, we want to just hang out and, and and come out and and give the Grizzlies a twenty five point lead or you know like an eighteen point lead however much it was, it, it, it's just you know and then and then Boston, was- Boston how can you have a fifteen point lead then give it up and let them run it up by ten like it's just how can you sleepwalk through multiple minutes of a quarter like that before we're like yo guys what are we yeah. doing. I don't know how you can look so good and then so quickly just do a 180 and look so bad. Yeah. And they do it all the time. They go. I think it's – is it the second or third quarter where they're just like the worst team in bad? It's prob- probably the third been, quarter. They have been a bad basketball team in the third quarter for like the last 10 years. How does that happen? Yeah. How does that specifically happen to the same team <laughs> over and over? The third quarter of all quarters, right after halftime. You know what that shows? Laziness and garbage coaching. Yeah. And that's what we, that, that's just what it is, and just lack of um, urgency. That's what I, I lack kept of saying. Urgency, like, lack of even like, like, how do you not? It seems like they. I don't know. It's almost like they always think we'll figure it out. Like it's like yeah. we'll be fine. Well, there's always that we'll be fine, and it's like at some point someone has to be like, guys, we need to. We're not fine. We need to take yeah. care of this right fucking now. We need to change this game right now. And we can't wait until when we were up by 15. Now we're down seven, and we're like, "Oh, we got to change this." Like, no, it it has to happen. Like, guys, this is slipping away from us. We can't let this fucking slip away from us. Uh, 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 man, I, I don't know. I just get awful worked up. But the, question here, though, God. real. This is gonna be. A, this is a brutal one. Okay. I don't want to have to do this to you. But if the Nuggets come to you tomorrow and say, "Hey, Jokic for Embiid, one for one swap," what do you think? What are your thoughts? Would you do it? I would say no. I I think we, that fair. that pretty much puts us in the we same. We probably boat. don't win without them, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think or win I, with them. I think I don't really think that they're all that different. I mean, uh, Jokic can pass well, but he really doesn't play really good defense. He kind of just fouls the shit out of people, and then in the playoffs, he gets yeah. exposed for the most part. Anyway, I mean, obviously, it seems like in the playoffs, what makes the difference is the the wing, and not only the point guard, but like the those. Those Jimmy Butlers, those Tatum's, those are the guys who win you Dogs. playoff games. Yeah, and the, like the guys who can make tough shots, they're bigger. You really can't get a guy to guard him that's you know as quick as him or as big as him, where they can you know make shots. A over big them. moment for would have been James Harden hitting a buzzer beater against the Heat. That would have been maybe not a buzzer beater. I think there was a second left. That would have been huge. Yeah, and he had a fucking great look and missed. He missed. And I, I don't want to hate on the guy. I'm glad we got him, and he's going to help. There's going to be games where he, you know, he saves us for sure, but there's so many times where it's just he, he gives and he takes. Yeah. You know? uh, he loses his guy on the back screen. He loses his guy in the half court, and they get a wide-open three or a, a run out after a bad shot. Or, or last night turnover. he flops at the end of that game and, and gets called for an yeah. out-of-bounds. on a, a shit. Like He thought he got fouled before, but they didn't call it. And then some guy came over and bumped him a little bit, but it wasn't like egregious. Yeah. Where like I, when you watch the replay, you're like, "Come on, dude! Like, what are you doing?" So you just turn the ball over sometimes. right there. Exactly. It's just those guys. It, it's both of them. No focus. No focus, and they just cry and complain. And that, and the, while we're crying and complaining, the other team is <laughs> running up and down the floor, taking care of business, running their sets, and, and getting buckets and and making Having stops fun. on defense. Yeah, and just winning, doing what needs to be done to win a basketball game. That's you know, that's the difference. Um, we gotta my, get Dame Lillard to Philly. 
the thing is, what I like screamed for this past offseason was they needed to turn Tobias Harris. If they're not going to be able to package Harris Maxey for like another superstar, which you know that doesn't necessarily happen every day. It's not like an easy thing yeah. to, to make happen. Then you need to turn Tobias Harris into multiple players. You need to be like you know, um, for example, uh, uh, D'Angelo Russell and someone else. Like that, you know, I don't, I, don't, I can't. Vanderbilt. Yeah, exactly. Like something like that, where it's like a two for one or a three for one, where you get three quality rotation players to put in along, so you your team can become somewhat deep. Because I think that's the bit one of the bigger problems with our team, uh, apart from the culture and all that stuff we just talked about is the fact that these other teams that we're competing with are much, much deeper. And not only, like, yeah, we have nine guys, but our nine guys are not as good as the other nine guys that these other teams have. And and they're much more capable of carrying them for longer stretches of the game. When when we have to take Paul Reed out three minutes after he's fouled twice or three times and we have to put Joel back in, and no wonder his foot's hurt and he's tired and, you know. Always something. Over and over again, the cycle repeats itself. Every year, I, I, I you know, want to convince myself that it's going to be different, but this year, I just, I know what's going to happen, and maybe that's the going. This is this will be the sign that this year is, it'll be different. Right. You know, now because <laughs> I finally actually agree that it's it's we're smoked and we're done, and they'll probably come they're going to have to show me. It's that's been all. typical of the uh, like the Phillies. I was like, oh man, like we made the playoffs. I was like, oh, who knows what, what's going to happen? Then they run, make a magical run to the World Series. Yeah. So. Maybe that's that's for the Sixers this year. Maybe not though. But this week they have uh, a back to back. They have a Miami and Dallas. I could see Joel probably sitting out that Miami game if I had to guess because the Dallas game is on TNT. So I, I don't see them doing that. I know they get in trouble when they yeah. do that. But then Milwaukee <laughs> well, on do, Saturday night. Well, do they? It doesn't seem like Adam Silver has much of a spine, right? He comes out and says we have to do we have to do something about this resting problem, and then immediately. You have Jeremy Grant resting the first game after an All Star break. Guy's like 27 years old in his prime. What's he resting for? Then you have uh, Damian Lillard rest the first game after the All Star break. Second game goes out there and drops 71. Yeah. <laughs> Did you drop 71 because you had that one extra day of rest? I highly doubt it. It was probably because you played the Houston Rockets. Um, and I think if anybody were to ever score any defense. If anybody were to ever score 100 points again, it would come this year against the Houston Rockets. As long as the, they were allowed to play, you know, the required amount of time. Like you can't just play 30 minutes and score 100. You got to play like 40. Um, probably won't happen. But if there's anybody to do it against, it's that team. That's for sure. Out west is kind of a clusterfuck too, because it's really not. Um, there's not a lot of, of, of high quality teams. I mean, you know, Denver. I, I this here. Like you go through some of these teams. I don't believe in Denver. I mean, they're good, but I don't believe in the Memphis. I don't believe in whatsoever. Uh, the Kings, you know, I, I don't, you know, they're balling lately, but I'll, but but know. exactly, it's more of like a let's see what you know. I have to see it to believe it. The Suns, I, I mean, I, I'll go out on the limb. I do believe in them. Uh, the Cl- we'll see how they play with KD. Yeah, I mean, they they just they're, they're, huge... they're too good. They're too big to fail. They, it's. I, I'm not saying they're gonna uh... you know make a run to the championship, but like they're they're gonna win their first round. They're gonna, you know, if they play the Clippers in the first round, I think they take care of business. Uh, I don't, I don't believe in the Clippers at all. The Mavericks, I mean, there's some pretty good teams that, like, in theory, good teams out there. And then the Warriors are lurking around there at seven, but yeah. you know, Lakers They're are probably done the when road. it comes to the playoffs. Um, yeah, I am big on the Denver. Nuggets. That's a crazy I, record on the road, by the way. Yeah, the 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 home the home road split for the Golden State Warriors is very reminiscent of the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, the Nuggets. I I'm all in. Uh, I've been watching them recently uh, a lot more late, a lot more when they're healthy. When when everybody's playing, they're they're da- they're they're very nasty. Jokic, Murray, Gordon, and Porter. That that core, that top four players. They Aaron Gordon's taken a huge step, and Porter. Whenever he's in, he can he he just provides some scoring. Jamal Murray handles the point well. Jokic handles the point. As a big man, I mean, he's just, you know, the guy's insane. Averaging a triple-double again. Uh, I don't know if it was again, but he's going to win a third MVP. Everyone's going to, you know, scream. He actually deserves this one. But he 100% deserves That's the this thing. One. It's like the last uh, couple years it were questionable. This one for sure he deserves. Yeah. And, you know, people, I, I've seen people say, oh, how are you going to give MVP to the, to the guy three years in a row? And then they bring up other examples of things. And I'm like, 
and then they bring out the playoffs and like, guys, oh, it's just a regular season award. Like, I don't know what we don't understand about that. Yeah. Um, but even they, they got KCP, who's not bad off the bench. Bruce Brown, uh, guys like Zeke Naji, the the young kid. They just play a good. So Reggie, uh, not Reggie Jackson. Jeff Green even comes in and contributes pretty well for them. Uh, they had to get rid of Bones Highland, who everybody was thought was you know a good player, and everyone's wondering why they traded him. He already got benched uh, on his new team. So, um, yeah, maybe, maybe they're not perfect, but I um, I really like how they've been playing at least lately. Um, the the game the other day against the Clippers was a good sign. They got blown out by uh, Memphis, but. Yeah, I think it's going to be, honestly, it's very open, I think, both ways, in the East and the West. East, not so much. I think it's it, there's no way somebody that's not Boston or Milwaukee comes out of the East. I, 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 I can't. I can't see the Knicks or Nets or Cavs doing it. Um, but the West is a little bit more open, but it should be exciting. It should be fun. It would be better if we were, you know, legit, but. Yeah. I'm not going to get too upset. I mean, because a lot of, you know, we're, we're having this conversation at the uh, end of February. A lot can change from yeah. now until the end of March where we're like, whoa, man, maybe That's we're fair. legit or wow, we're, we, we're done. Like we not, we yeah. might not even win the first round. So I guess we have, uh, you know, plenty of time to let that play out. NBA playoffs are always fun. They've gotten more fun over the recent years because there's not, not those like juggernaut teams where it's like you know it's going to be Cavs Warriors again in in the play you know in the championship, and that's just how it's going to be. There's really no point in watching the first three rounds of the playoffs. Now maybe you could tune into the conference finals, but it seemed like for the last decade you knew what was going to happen once the uh, playoffs rolled around because LeBron well, LeBron was going to be in the uh, on the East going to the championship. And it's just basically who's he going to play? Is he going to play the Spurs? Is he going to play the fucking Warriors? Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, I guess the good thing is, I mean, I like to see what the what happens with the Warriors when uh, Curry comes back and if they're able to turn it around. I don't know. It doesn't. You know, it doesn't. Seem, it seems so. like they're in bad shape. But uh, yeah. let's keep it moving. Uh, let's go to the uh, the Sixers. I'm sorry, not the Sixers. The Eagles. They got a new D uh, D coordinator. They also have a new offensive coordinator, which we already kind of knew uh, what what direction they were going in with that, but. Sean Desai is their new defensive coordinator coming from Seattle. He was the associate head coach out there. Apparently, he is a Vic Fangio uh, sort of student or disciple. Um, I guess I'll ask you, Ty, is this um, one of the guys? I mean, I, I when I when I saw the names, it was kind of one of the guys where I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. Basically, your head coach of the defense, he, you know, he has experience leading, you know, being the associate head coach, I don't know exactly know what, um, what that brings, what that title, you know, uh, brings along with it. But it seems like, at the very least, the guy knows what what it takes to run a team, or you know, has learned from a coach in Pete Carroll, who uh, you know, has had major success at both levels. I guess I'll just ask you: Is this? I mean, I, not exactly a a big name, but uh, something I'm fine with. Uh, for you know, for the Eagles, I guess. Yeah, I've heard pretty good things uh, from a lot of people. Dan Orlovsky, he also is a big Wentz fan, so you know I don't know how to how to approach anything he says. He went to high school with Sean Desai, and he loves him. Pete Carroll, huge, huge fan. I know a lot of people in Seattle didn't want him to leave. Also, Mike Pettin apparently is in the mix to join the Eagles staff. He was with the Vikings last year as a, I think a, D, a senior defensive assistant, or no, he was a, a the associate, the assistant head coach. I'm sorry. Assistant associate is a lot of a lot of terms and words. Um, he was, but in 2021, he was a senior defensive assistant with the Bears, where Sean Desai was the DC. So maybe a little, uh, maybe Sean Desai's bringing in a uh, Mike Pettin to you know, so just some familiarity. And I, I'm all for it. I'm all for. It. I, I've heard good things about Desai. I don't know anything that that well X's nose wise. I, I I think I saw one person say he didn't blitz much in Chicago. Um, worrisome, but I I don't you know. I don't know the X, again. I don't know the X's and O's and the ins and outs. I'm not really a defensive guy. Um, he's 39. That's good. He's not too experienced. I think I think he only had the one year as the DC. Um, but bringing in Penton possibly because I see that's it's, it's just uh, interest. And you know, I, th- I hope we keep Denard Wilson. I know he was a guy that people were thinking about up, um, elevating. Uh, hopefully, he stays. And we. It seems like our staff is besides the coordinators are kind of staying. Uh, you know, staying, uh, we're not losing all these, all these different guys. Like I think after 2017, we lost a lot of different 
staffers, but I yeah. could be wrong. Uh, but yeah, Mike Patton, I didn't know he was a PA guy. So you have that. I didn't, I didn't know he's from Doylestown. So yeah, I'm all for that. I'm all for Brian Johnson. He has worked well with, he's worked with Jalen Hurts. I guess you could say Steichen has too. I don't know who really has done what, and you know, it's impossible for us to know. But uh, given his quarterback history um, and all of the experience, I, I'm all for it. I think we have some. Uh, I think we have a very good coaching staff. And I know maybe Sirianni, I, maybe he doesn't do much as, as you know, if you want to compare him to other coaches like Andy Reid or whatever. But uh, he does and says things that everyone loves. He's a player's guy. It, it, there doesn't seem to be any problems. He's a, he's a bit of a weirdo, but uh, you know, who, who am I to say anything about that? Um, so yeah, I'm. I'm I'm uh, fine with the, the coordinator situation. Yeah, I'm fine with both of them as well. It's, I don't know, it's hard to really uh, get too worked up or get too excited other than like if they were to bring in one of those uh, bigger name guys to, uh, I, I kind of wanted Vance Joseph. That was my, from going through it, the, the names, uh, of, of the names I saw, that was the kind of the one I wanted. But again, I didn't know who Shane Steichen was before he came here. Right. I didn't know who Jonathan Gannon was before he came here. So it's really hard to make a decision on what, you know, if this guy's going to be a good D coordinator, offensive coordinator. I'm excited that, I mean, I loved the, the idea of bringing Brian Johnson in to let him, you know, still be the, you know, st- st- stay here, stick, you know, stick with Jalen Hurts, try to continue the success they had last year. That's that I was all in for that idea. The Sean Desai thing, I think, is a great idea as well. Just having a you know a guy, younger guy. I'm sure you know it's very possible if things go well, you could lose him in, in a year or two to being a head coach somewhere as well, and that's yeah. a good thing. Honestly, that, that that's that is a good thing. Uh, I don't know much about his scheme or what he runs or whatnot. Uh, I guess I'll have to wait and look into all that. But this just happened. I, mean, I guess an hour before we hopped on here, I heard I got, mm-hmm. got the alert on my phone, so I was like, oh shit, we got to talk about that. But uh, I guess Eagles wise, there's not really much news uh, to go through. Uh, not much has changed since the last time we spoke. Uh, we're still kind of sifting through some of the off season. Um, you know, like now people are doing uh, the franchise tags. I saw the, the was it Deron Payne got franchise tagged in Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that will be um, a big topic of conversation. I don't know if we will be using it uh, per se. Uh, maybe for Gardner Johnson. I, I guess that's a possibility. I don't know if that's actually going to happen, though. But I guess, since we are here, Ty, we might as well get ourselves a mock draft. And let's go through let's do it. a mock draft. Mr. M- Mr. Uh, Mel Kipe yep. just dropped a and that's uh, the one. one it's, that's the one we're looking at, ladies and gentlemen. I've always, I've always been... I've always had mixed feelings about him and Tom. Tom McShay specifically, I think. Well, wasn't he like? Didn't he look like really sick, or he couldn't like talk a couple years ago on TV? Was that him? Who McShay or not? Yeah, wasn't he like going McShay through was going problems? through some serious problems? Yeah, I mean, that's I, what I thought. Apparently, also, he was, you know, like, I look at his. Yeah, he's a booze bag. I don't. I don't know uh, if that <laughs> if that's legitimate, but apparently he had to step away with some substance stuff. I saw at some point. You know, who knows? Brutal. So I guess I don't want to. I don't want to speculate. Now. Yeah, I don't want to speculate, but. <laughs> Yeah, I'm here for it. Um, he has us at 10 taking Peter Skoronsky, a tackle who's probably going to be a guard. Isaac Samalo is probably gone, which is fine. Um, you never know with Kelsey. <clears throat> so I think they want to strengthen that interior. They have Cam Jurgens waiting. But uh, drafting another younger player really would be awesome. You know, if you look three years down the line, you have Cam Jurgens and, and Peter Skoronsky anchoring the, uh, the the middle. I think you're you're set. I mean, the tackle situation, you know, who knows about Lane in a couple years, but you don't worry about that yet, anyway. Uh, Paris Johnson Jr. could be another lineman if they're looking at lineman, but I think a, a swing guy like Skaronsky, that's right up their alley. It's kind of how Jurgens was uh, with center and guard. Skaronsky can play uh, guard and tackle. And then, yeah, 30 has us taking Kalijah Kansi. I've seen his name pop up a couple times. Uh, an, an undersized D tackle can play the three technique next to big Jordan Davis. I think that's another com- just complete, perfect fit and exactly what they would, you know, where they would go. Um, I do like this. I think, I think they're going to try to retool the lines because, you know, they, they got us so far. And then at the end of the, the end, the, the lines let us down. So, and there's so many, you know, there's pen, both lines are getting old and that, that, that happens all the time. We've retooled the O and D lines, the trenches, I, I should say very well. 
you know, um, in the last like five plus years. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if that's, you know, the, the position they went. Um, but I guess I could see him taking a corner. Actually, I can't, they don't take corners in the first, right? So I would love Skaronsky, man. Uh, I love the idea of just Big beefing up this O-line. Uh, I'm looking at a Bucky Brooks 2.0 mock draft. All right. Uh, shout out to Bucky. And, uh, He's got us taking Paris. Oh Jesus, my voice. Paris Johnson Hello. Jr. from uh, he's a tackle from Ohio State. So it looks like there you go. A lot of people believe the Eagles could be searching for the, some O line re- relief, and then they have us picking a man named Lucas Van Ness from uh, Iowa, Ooh, the edge rusher. Yes, who is a yeah. high energy defender with a pass rush skills and motor to enhance Philly's D line rotation. So it looks like you know that this is the one of my favorite times of year. Where uh, I guess is the, the combine is coming up, right? Yeah, I think I mean, there's going to be a lot of guys who who you know go to the pro days. It seemed like are you know is what people will go to and do now. But uh, yeah, the combine should be interesting at least. Um, here's here's one take with us taking a corner at ten. Again, don't think it's happened, but I would love any of those top three corners: um, Devin Witherspoon, Christian Gonzalez, or Joey Porter Jr. Saw a couple with Witherspoon for us picking him too. So uh, yeah, I like him. I could see he, that. Um, pretty good size, pretty long. Uh, this one has us taking Josh Downs, a receiver uh, at thirty-one. He could be a number three. He's very fast from UNC. Uh, I'm all for it. I mean, you know, we we need uh, whether they go it. We, we talked about that uh, last pod. Whether they do it on free agency or they do it in the draft, they need a receiver to play that that slot. Yeah. I'm all for it. You know, you want to trek out like Quez Watkins or John Hightower, any of these fifth round guys that no. are fast but can't do anything else. I'm good. I, I don't need to see that. I'll take a shot on Michael Thomas. I'll take a chance on. Uh, it's a, a year too late. I would have taken a chance on Juju Smith Schuster if I was uh, a, a good football team. You know, if you want him to be your number one, good luck. But if you put him in a, in a nice system like the Chiefs did, that's a big, big slot weapon. You know, that, that's a that's, that's something this offense could use. We have nobody at that at that uh, wide receiver three spot. It helps that we have a good pass-catching tight end, who is also a great block blocker. Um, but we need we need a little bit more uh, athleticism, I would say. Just a little bit. And we need we need a guy who, uh, at wide receiver who can catch the fucking ball when we throw it to him. Because it seems like every time we threw it to Quez, he was either catching it and then fumbling it or fucking just, you know, just dropping it. alligator <laughs> arming it, you, you know, down, down the middle of the field in the Super Bowl. So... We need someone we can count on in the biggest moments, and he, I, he he's not one of those guys. So, I mean, I wish the Eagles could get Michael Mayer. I love Michael Mayer from from run two tight end system. Just ru- just run the rock right up the middle, like we always do, basically. But we got Jack Stoll out there, so we'll, we'll be all right. We got Jackie Stoll, Grant Calcaterra, baby. Don't worry, Grant. don't worry. Uh, is there anything else you want to get out before we uh, we head out of here? Because it's. Um, there's really not much other, uh, other than that. I mean, the Phillies are doing their thing in spring training. Uh, the World Baseball Classic is uh, about to kick up in a couple well, in a week. Yeah, March seventh. So, yeah, so that should be exciting. Is that something you're interested in? Will you like? Will you be I'm locked kind of in on that? Or um, I'm kind of excited for that. I don't. I, I want to look up our team really quickly um, because I wasn't sure if it was finalized pitching wise and you know everything wise. Everything wise, if that's a real word. Um, because I was, I was saying, I was, I was pretty confident for a while that the U.S. was going to win, but then I took a look at the Dominican Republic roster, and I was like, "Whoa, yeah, <laughs> I don't know about that." Um, let's see, every team's roster. Yep, here we go. Here we are. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of players playing for different teams. Austin Barnes of the Dodgers, the backup catcher, looks like Stuart Little. Um, not Stuart Little, Chicken Little. Plays is playing for Mexico. <laughs> very random so I guess there's a lot of duel I think Vlad could have played for the US or Canada I think it might have been Canada um, so there's a lot of a lot of different let's see where our pitchers are uh, I don't love our starters Devin, let's see Wayne, Adam Wainwright Devin Will, Williams Brady Singer Ryan Presley Miles Mikolas yeah I don't if this is our official roster I'm on the MLB.com Site, Real Muto, Will Smith, Stud, Pete, Alonzo, Tim Anderson, Arenado, Goldschmidt, Trey Turner, Bobby Witt, mm. Mookie Betts in the outfield with Trout, Schwarber, Mullins. Yeah, I think I'm picking the D- Dominican Republic, though. Yeah. Uh, let's let's bring them up. They look good is one way to put it. In their bullpen, they got Brian Abreu, 
They got Diego Castilla, Genesis Cabrera, guys that are throwing gas. Um, Hector Neris, your boy. You Shout said he's the best closer ever. Gregory Soto, welcome. Um, and then Christian Javier, Luis Garcia, Johnny Cueto, still hanging around wow. there. Um, Sandy Alcantara, stud. Yep. Francisco Mejia and Gary Sanchez. That's probably their weakest position. <laughs> Willie Adamas, Robinson Cano. Don't you know? Sort of vintage uh, pick right there. Yeah, put him on the roster. He'll like pinch hit him run or something. Rafael Devers, Wander Franco, Vlad Jr., Manny Machado, Cattell Marte, uh, Jeremy Pena, Eloy Jimenez, Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez, Teoscar Hernandez. <laughs> That's just an absolute bomb squad. I, I, I thought, um, what's his name? Alvarez on the Rastros. Why can't I think of his first Doc? name? I thought he was on the team too. I, I don't see him, but. It makes sense that you know not as many guys, not everybody would would play since it's kind of close to the season and and whatnot. But uh, that team's probably winning it all, folks. Yeah, you could take that. I think they were plus money too. So Puerto Rico is pretty good. Um, they just don't really have the pitching. But you know, having Lindor and and Baez and uh, the roster doesn't look that great, honestly. But yeah, I'll watch that. I'm I'm not too excited for baseball season yet. You know, I know I'm going to be going to the Saturday spring training game. Go Phils! I'll be repping, repping hard with uh, my father. So uh, other than that, yeah, wake me up when April, beginning April. Yeah, and March Madness though. So that's that's the one thing that's we what have I'm looking about. forward to. Yeah, I uh, always love that. Have you been Have you been paying attention? Yes. This year closely. Yes, I, I I've Good. been locked in the last couple of weeks to just get myself ready. And it doesn't. Th- Perfect time, too, because most people obviously will start watching March, but you want to really get the, the end of February is when teams, you know, that's that's when you're approaching conference season. That's when, you, you know, you have to have my excuse me. You have to have an identity as a team, especially a college team where, you know, everything is so sporadic. And there's so many variables. See who's not a fraud, who, who only plays to the home crowd atmosphere, you know. Yep. Uh, my pick this year, I think I'm I think I'm going to roll. I th- I don't want to do it because they play nobody, but they are good. I, I'm going to roll with the Houston Cougars. I do. Uh, I think they're I think so Kansas good. has another chance has a chance to go back to back, but there's just been some some dull performances from them offensively. So I I'm not going to pick them. It's it, it's hard to do. They lost so many guys. Uh, I'm I'm picking Houston, man. They're they're nasty. The one seeds are going to be good. Maybe Bama, but you know, their shooters on and off the court, yeah. but. I don't know if they're that deep. Brandon Miller without him carrying, uh, literally carrying, carrying them. Um, Produce. I don't know how good they can be. They're very fraudulent. They're go- those those young guards are not ready. Zach Eady's a big fella, scary. Um, but he, you know, he's not going to shoot threes on you. So uh, uh, I like Texas a little bit. I like Baylor. I like Baylor's guards a lot. Um, Marquette. Marquette's interesting. They can score. Yeah. That offense is fucking high pace. Still like Gonzaga the best offense. to just be the tough team to get out. Uh, you know, they still Gonzaga have, and St. Mary's. Yeah. Still have a lot Mary's of the vet good. leadership. Uh, you know, Drew Timmy's still in the building. Uh, uh, Virginia, Christ. though, thanks. Uh, no. UConn, no, no thanks. Nope. Indiana's interesting. Uh, they just, you know, they're hot and cold, though. Yeah. Uh, Xavier, no thanks. Uh, so some of these teams on the bottom half. I guess I'm, I might I might be a chalk guy this year because I don't really like uh, my. Yeah, I feel my sleeper pick is Creighton. Oh, I, I do like losses, But but I, I think I think they're a pretty good team. They play better lately. Uh, Arkansas could be another one if Nick Smith is fully healthy because he's a stud. They've had some bad injury luck all year. Arkansas has. Um, I, I like a couple Cinderella teams. Uh, I kind of like FAU. I think they're going to probably going to, you know, depending on the matchup that is, uh, we don't know about any of that. I do like FAU a lot. I like Nevada. Liberty. Liberty's pretty good. They have Darius McGee. He's like 5'8, but he scores like 30 a game. He's nasty. Memphis is good um, too, by the way. Memphis sneaking around, you know. Uh, Coach Penny down there doing some work. New Mexico, not to be confused with New Mexico State, who had to shut down their program after uh, a player killed somebody. That's nice. And then a bunch of other, bunch of other things happened, apparently. Texas Tech sneaking back in. They pretty much have been shredding water all year. 16 and 13. They need to win some more games, but uh, I'm excited. Honestly, I think this is a very wide open year. The top teams, you know, UCLA, sure, maybe, I guess I could see them going far, but um, there's not there's not that one standout team, you know? Yeah. 
So that's where I'm with, I'm at as well. It's just basically Houston, I think, is uh, you know like head and shoulders above. But like you said, you never know. But I mean, they have a they're got an old team, don't they? Marcus I mean, Sasser's been around a minute. They have a young a freshman, Jarace Walker. He's one of the best players. So they have a good mix. Okay. Uh, Kel, Kelvin Sampson, pretty good coach. You know, they they really just play nobody, and not that I think that makes them frauds, but I just you know I don't know how much I can carry the weight of them blown out Temple and Tulsa and Tulane and East Carolina. You know, the, that conference is sometimes pretty good. It's, it's better in football, and they've had good years in basketball, but it's, it's really weak this year. And, um, yeah, yeah you, UCF, and they're not just – they're just not, not playing anybody good. But they are good. They are – you know, they're 27-2. and two. You, Anybody can lose in college. You know, all it takes is literally anything to happen. But – they're probably they're probably uh, the strongest team I would say offensively and defensively. They're they're very sound all around. Yeah. Um. There's gonna be a couple first and second round games in Orlando. I'm gonna try to cop a ticket, cop an all day ticket, and just watch a bunch of games. I think that'd be kind of fun. I've never but, been. Uh. Yeah. I went to uh, when they were in Philly. I went. Uh, yeah. I don't even remember. It was Indiana, North Carolina, Notre Dame, Wisconsin. Those are the the, three, oh. the four teams I got to see. Notre Dame took care of business. It was what a what a yeah. what a scene. What a scene. Mike Mike Bray still Mike hanging Bray. around. That, yeah, well, he said he's he, not done. He, he better be done after this year. <laughs> Otherwise, he's getting fired because he, he has been horrible. They, they have Jim been Bayon. horrible. Jim Bayon said, you know what? I still got some, some left in the tank. I'm like, hey, listen, old man. I need you to get out of here. Yeah, 2-16 and 16 in the uh, ACC this year. 2-16, oh, and 16, yes. Brutal. Tied for worst with Louisville. Who's like... Five and twenty-five. All Mike Bray total. has said he's going to retire, so I, I I've started to oh, siphon, okay. siphon through some of the names that might be available for uh, hire, and it seems like uh, I saw Rick Pitino if he wants to ma- make the move back, <laughs> make the comeback, and uh, the dude from FAU. I don't remember his name, but uh, he um, apparently is a shit. young young guy and uh, a young coaching prospect. I'd love to get him, but it seems like basketball. There's always these young up and comers like. Chris Beard was once uh, the the Arkansas Little Rock coach, and he ascended that program. He's uh he's not doing great now. No, but uh, he was, and you know Texas. He he had a great opportunity and fucked it up. And Dickie V loves bringing up the situation anytime he's on TV uh, for whatever. <laughs> also, he sounds brutal. I have brutal. not. I, I haven't. Oh man, bad. It's bad. Like he obviously you know he still has his. He, he's not like losing it like dementia wise. Or just you know, in, in that sense of being old, but you know his voice, all the all the cancer treatments he's been through. I mean, for an older man, that's that's rough. I'm glad he's still kicking. I'm glad he's still around the game. I'm still you know involved, but he you know he, he still does his rambling, but it sounds just worse. Unbelievable! Like Can't yeah, believe like, that. <laughs> oh oh <laughs> oh! I'm like, okay, what are we doing? Say something. He used to. He was like the soundtrack for all those crazy games when when we were like growing up. Yeah, uh, him and um, who's the other guy? Gus Johnson. And now you know, mostly nostalgia. Now we do have Andrew Catalan, one of my favorites. And um, who else does game? I think Brian Williams, the NBA guy, also does. Is that Brian Williams? Brian Anderson does um college basketball too, and he's awesome. There's a couple guys that I do like. I can't think of some of their names. Ian Eagle. What's his name Sean. Uh... The dude used to do Monday Sean, Night Football. Um, yeah. Fuck. McDonough. Sean McDonough. Sean McDonough. He's, I like He's him. He's awesome. Um, I love Gosh. John Shambi. John Shambi's, you know, started out as like a assistant. Now he's running shit. He's awesome. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for, for March Madness. I don't mean to get into a useless ramble. Yeah, the, the tournament will be fun. Uh, there's a lot lot to look forward to. We'll, we have Sixers. You know, we got some, we got some Eagles, you know, just combine and NHL, free NBA agency playoffs. discussions. Yeah, we have you know. Yeah, the Flyers uh, are done, but you you know the trade deadline's coming around, so we'll see if the Flyers are able to uh, offload some of them deals. Patty Kane is now a New York Ranger. Is he really? So, yep. Damn, I didn't hear that. So that's crazy. There's that end, end of an era. Um, I'm I'm an, I'm an emotional man. That's all right. You, you'll be okay. Uh, I, I'm glad he's out of there. Yeah, I don't need to yeah he, he deserves that. better at yeah. the end of his career. Uh, Should have been yeah. a flyer. <clears throat> okay, and JVR will probably be traded as well. So, this <laughs> has been the Hot Take Hot Box. 
My name is Matt McSweeney. His name is Ty Capone. We'll be back tomorrow with a MMA episode to break be down back. what happened this past week, and then we will have another one to break down the John Jones fight. The return. On Saturday have, night. I have a lot of thoughts about this. We're going to have a... And it's not based on anything that I have concrete information and knowledge on. I just have a lot of thoughts. We're going to have a great couple episodes coming up here. So enjoy, people, and we will see you then. Peace.